Welcome to Starting Strong, the daily podcast of the Clemson Foothills Church. Glad you could join us. Yesterday, we had a really small text that we worked out of one verse. Just one verse today, not so much. We're going to dig into a larger section, and I'm going to jump into reading this right now. If you have your Bibles in front of you, I'd love for you to open those up and to highlight, if you will, some of the sections that are standing out to you. But we're going to look in Acts chapter 4. We're talking about the Holy Spirit over the past few days. Really, the Holy Spirit, um, you know, we've looked into how he can be very much forgotten in our lives as disciples. And we want to be more mindful, more thoughtful. We want to get on the same page. Why on earth did God decide to put his Holy Spirit inside his people? And I think that's inspiring, encouraging. I think today will be challenging. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, greatly disturbed that they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was already evening, they put them in custody until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. So let me point your attention to something. Peter and John have been imprisoned um, unjustly. They're being imprisoned overnight. Um, So uh, keep this in mind. You're talking about uh, a pretty significant life event here. The next day, it says in verse 5, the rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem, along with Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and many others from the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought in and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Now pay attention to verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being examined today about a kind service to a man who is lame, to determine how he was healed, then let this be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. This Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation exists in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they marveled and took note that these men had been with Jesus. So I want to call your attention up a few verses in verse 8. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, then jump down to verse 13. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they realized these guys these guys aren't schooled. They're ordinary. They're just like us. They marveled because they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And seeing, starting in verse 14 again, and seeing the man who had been healed standing there with them, they had nothing to say in response. So they ordered them to leave the Sanhedrin, and they conferred together. What shall we do with these men, they asked. It's clear to everyone living in Jerusalem that a remarkable miracle has occurred through them, and we cannot deny it. But to keep this message from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no more in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. 
But Peter and John replied, Judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to listen to you rather than God, for we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let him go. They couldn't find a way to punish them because all the people were glorifying God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. On their release, Peter and John returned to their own people and reported everything that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When the believers heard this, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant and our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. For this is indeed the very city where Herod and Pontius Pilate conspired with the Gentiles and the people of Israel against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They carried out what your hand and will had decided beforehand would happen. And now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with complete boldness as you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they had prayed, their meeting place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow, that's good stuff right there. You know, we're trying desperately around the world to not become infected by a virus. If anybody hears of somebody who is contagious, everyone stays away. It's interesting here, the Holy Spirit is the opposite. The Holy Spirit is meant to be contagious. And I want you to just take note of this line of thinking here is right off the bat, after they were arrested, and can you think of, they spent an entire night imprisoned, Peter and John. All right now, now think about it. Can you imagine what you would talk about overnight in jail with one of your best buddies? What would your attitude be? What would your, um, what would your conversations be like? Well, the next day when they were summoned in front of the leaders, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, shared clearly with these men as to why he was put in jail. It was because of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They couldn't stop talking about this. I think sometimes it would be really easy for us to take advantage of a situation like this to rant or to vent or to talk about our rights or how we've been unjustly treated. They didn't. Talked about Jesus. When the people saw this, they marveled and took note that these men had been with Jesus. So you see, the Holy Spirit fills us to speak boldly. And that boldness becomes noticed by people. Now here's the thing. Boldness does not equal rudeness, right? Pay attention to what they were bold about, the truth of Jesus. The people marveled, not because simply because of their boldness, but because they had been with Jesus. And their final words in front of the Sanhedrin was to judge for yourself what's right. He, he tells the leaders, judge what's right. Should we listen to you or should we listen to God? In verse 20, they said, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. And that's the essence of boldness. When no one else may want to hear about it, when it becomes offensive to people, men who are filled with the Holy Spirit, 
men who are emboldened by the Holy Spirit cannot stop speaking about what they've seen and heard. Now here's the contagiousness of it. They came back to their people. They came back to the disciples. They reported everything. They told the whole story about how they had been imprisoned, about what they said, about what the chief priests and the elders said to them. And the disciples said, okay, hey man, let's pray. Right now think about it. <laughs> think about that. Is, is They just went right into, all right, let's, let's pray. And they began to pray. And if you look down in verse 29, and now Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with complete boldness as you stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Now think about this. They're praying with two men who were just imprisoned for speaking boldly through the Holy Spirit. And instead of praying for their safety, instead of praying for their protection, they prayed to be enabled to speak just like Peter and John had. Let us speak that way. Give us that kind of boldness. This was a contagiousness that really didn't make any sense, right? The people should have been cowering in fear. Instead, they came together as one and said, let us speak that way. Empower us through your Holy Spirit. And then in verse 31, after they had prayed, their meeting place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. The Holy Spirit will empower us to speak boldly. Again, I want to reiterate, boldness does not equal rudeness. Sometimes it's very easy to read into these comments that Peter and John made, and sometimes we read into them like an attitude of sassiness, of talking back or disrespect. When we have to remember as disciples, right, these statements were full of grace and truth and love. They were done out of love. All right, so let's not get sassy and rude and call that boldness. I have a few questions for you to, to think about today and a little something to do. Um, when you think of the Holy Spirit filling us and equipping us to speak the word boldly, which, which by the way, something we haven't discussed yet, they asked for complete boldness in verse 29 as Jesus stretches out his hand to heal and perform signs and wonders. So they were looking at this as a partnership of God, please, while you're doing your miracles, while you're doing your great deeds, while you're miraculously stretching out your hand to perform miracles, let us come alongside, speak boldly to this. And have you given into timidity in your conversations? Do you have a tough time sharing your convictions and your faith? Maybe you've given in to selfishness. I want you to ask yourself that. Have you given in to selfishness? You are finding yourself unconcerned for others and their salvation? Do you find yourself really not caring for people deeply enough to be bold? Have you trained yourself to stay quiet about all you've seen and heard? Have you trained yourself or have you been trained by the world when the world says, no, 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 no. Do not talk about what you've seen and heard in Jesus. Don't talk about what God has done in your life. Don't share your faith. Have you been trained by the world or maybe trained yourself to stay quiet and timid? Here's what I'd like for you to do today. Take 15 or 20 minutes and write out a prayer for personal boldness. Why write it out? I think it's really easy for us to just um, stick another sentence into our prayer life of, Lord, please help me be bold. 
I think when we write it down, when we take 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's going to cause us to examine our life, to slow down, to dig into areas of timidity, lukewarmness, selfishness, and to really develop a starting point to have some conversation with God about filling us with the Holy Spirit in order to speak the Word of God boldly. So hopefully this is helpful as it sends you on your day today. The Holy Spirit fills us to speak the Word of God boldly.